0: Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, uh, friends beyond the binary, patrons, you know what? I don't know my uh, a double from my, Mar- I don't know my Mark Lynn Baker from my Jamie Lynn Siegler, uh, <laughs> but it's time for Sleep With Me, podcast that put you to sleep. Thanks for supporting it. Hey, are you all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep, well, welcome, this is Sleep With Me, the podcast. It's here to put you to sleep. We do with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed and turn out the lights and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to try to do, what I'm going to attempt to do, is create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's keeping you awake, whether it's thoughts, feelings, physical sensations. Changes it you know stuff whatever you know anything whatever Give me I'd like to take your mind off of that so I'm gonna smooth this safe place I'm gonna pat it down I'm gonna try to take a nice uh, soothing tone creaky dulcet but soothing tones uh, I'm gonna I got a utility belt uh, over I have a, a overpacked and chaotic utility belt with lots of distracting things in there. Kind of like if dogs had birthday parties like toddlers did. I mean, I know some do, but most don't, you know, because that would be chaos. But if it wasn't quite the chaos, it would be in reality. And you showed up at a dog's birthday party, like I would be the one with the utility. But you'd need someone there with the utility belt. I guess no matter what, uh, you see treats. I got gluten-free treats. You got, I got those. I got treats. I got these ones. I got, uh, you know, I got portable water bowls. I got, ba- believe me, bags. I got them. I got ankles bags strapped to my ankles. Squeakers and squonkers have a bunch. Uh, so, that th- 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 that would be for dogs. For this is for humans. So it's just a bedtime story. If you're new, here's the structure of the show. Here's what to expect. We start off with a few minutes of business, uh, mostly because we're supported by listeners and trying to cut down on the business in front of the show. So four to six minutes of business. Uh, they got to do that at the top, obviously. Then we have an intro. Intros are like 12 to 15 minutes long where I kind of set the mood, like warm it up, like just like Chris would like warm it up. Uh, I'm about to, I'm in the middle of it actually, and really putting people to sleep is what I was born to do. So that's what I'm going to do. That's it, this, and then, so there's an intro, which you, you could brush your teeth. You can you know, call your animals, make your bed, unmake your bed. Or just go to sleep. Some people skip ahead to the story, which is coming up here after the intro. And I think that's like that's it for the structure of the show. You also don't—it's a podcast—you don't really need to listen to. You know, if you're a regular listener, just think about it tomorrow. You know, check our show notes or whatever. But if you're new, like you don't really need to pay attention. I'll be here to keep you company. I send my voice across the deep dark night. But you're also under no pressure to fall asleep. I'll be here about an hour. Uh, for you, uh, to, 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 to be your boyfriend, because I've been there. And also, like, like I've been trying to figure out this, this synchronicity thing. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Usually, you try to avoid synchronicity. I think that even that Police album was called S- Synchronicity. I remember my cousin had that. I think that was a good one you know, probably not, but unless you're, like, I guess, like, Sting doesn't really sleep because he's into that tantric stuff. So he's up 12 hours anyway when he's in bed. And I mean up, <laughs> bo- bo- boom uh, But, uh, like, like I don't know if the police help, but i was been thinking about synchronicity. I experienced a strange version of it. And as I joked about it in the teaser, Mark Lynn Baker level synchronicity. And you never know if it was an idea planted in your mind, or so I'll talk about this about the intro. I'll try to make it as a metaphor for the podcast, uh, you know. Uh, and I also joked about Jamie Lynn Sig- Sigler because that was just just fit with the lens and the H like uh they're both uh, like connected to HBO currently. But so I've been so here's the here's the thing like I, I had an intro recently where I couldn't remember who Mark Mark Lynn Sigler Mark. <laughs> Marklin Baker's name was, and I apologize uh, publicly. And I guess maybe because I was more of a Balky fan, as I talked about. I don't know what, when that intro came out. But here's like where the, where was the seed planted, or was this synchronicity, or whatever. I don't know what that word is. I'll stop using it just in case I'm using it incorrectly. But so then I've been watching a TV show on HBO, uh, The Leftovers. It's about the day after Thanksgiving and packing everything up and, and splitting it up. Uh, but I finished season two, and there was a tease about Marklin Baker, like in a viral kind of, uh, and he was playing Mark Lynn Baker. Marklin Baker was uh, the uh, kind of the straight man on Perfect Strangers, like uh, the, uh, I don't know, the Abbott or the, Co- I think Costello was the straight man in Abbott and Costello. You know the the boring vanilla person, uh, like uh, the Felix in the Oscar, whichever one. But so anyway, I couldn't remember who he was, but I had a couple perfect stranger stories that I shared in the intro, or maybe it was an episode I can't remember. But so it was recently because it's still on my mind. But so then he appeared in that one. Then he play. He's been playing like a bigger role in season three. Like he he's a. Uh, He's an expert at packing stuffing so it doesn't dry out in the season three of The Leftovers and even introducing characters to, to greater stuffing. Like like I think like somebody like with like a, a new company called Turbo Tupperware, which is probably is like a patent pending or something. But I said to myself, well, that's strange, because I couldn't figure out who Marklin Baker was. And I didn't even know it was coming, but they had the Perfect Strangers opening song to open the episode of The Leftovers. And then I was like, holy mackerel. But then it could, it might, so it might be like, uh, whatever, the coalescing or something, or it could be that Damon Lindelof, uh, who I r- really look up to, I, like all my heroes are like uh, within my age range or younger. I think he's probably a couple years younger than me, but you know, look up to him anyway. And he was on the show with two people I look up to, John. August- it was Script Notes with John August and Craig Mason. I constantly pitched that but things interesting, things screen like screenwriting and things interesting to screenwriters. I think. Uh, and they were talking about The Leftovers and. So, I don't know if at any point he mentioned, or Craig, you could see Craig or John, both uh, children of the 80s, too, or maybe it was in the 90s, I don't know. But mentioning uh, Marklin Baker, but I'm not sure they did. And then they planted a seed which would flower and then reflower once again, like a perennial in my brain. I think I do have some perennials in my brain. I mean, like uh, more, probably more root vegetables. So, uh, I don't know, this podcast is kind of like that. Like, I want to plant the seed that you're, you're here, you're welcome. I want you to be comfortable. I'm glad you're here, and I want to help put you to sleep. Uh, like, and sometimes if you're new, it takes a few episodes for that kind of seed to be planted, where it says, okay, yeah, this podcast doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but it kind of barely makes sense, you know, just enough to distract you from whatever was keeping you awake and help uh, carry you off into dreamland. this podcast doesn't so much uh, put you to sleep as keep you company while you fall asleep. I mean, in some sense, if you're comfortable holding your hand or walking at your side while you cross over the threshold from wake to sleep, or I could just be talking and you're hearing me in the distance uh, slowly fade away. So, I mean, that's basically the podcast. It's it's not, not like a it, oh, by the way, Marklin, like, I'm, I haven't finished the season, but he d- did a great job. Really good good job, uh, Marklin Baker, Marklin Siegler. Uh, I don't know if Jamie Lynn Siegler, maybe, like, who knows? Like, uh, if Damon Lindelof has a, uh, like, a like a Lynn, he says, well, I'd prefer to work with people with the middle, with Lynn in their name. I don't know, there's probably a lot of other ones I can't think of, uh. Sherilyn Finn, but that's spelled differently, and that's part of her first name, and that's probably all mispronounced by me. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I shouldn't waste time just trying to think of other celebrities, particularly actors and actresses with Lynn in the middle of a name. Jamie Lynn Spears, though. Uh, there's one. I mean, I saw one, so uh, that's like that's pretty. that's pretty not bad, huh? And no, J.M. Michael Vincent does not count, because that's, like, not Lynn. Uh, So anyway, like, I guess what I always say is I'm glad you're here. I really appreciate you testing this podcast out, giving it a shot if you're new. I hope it helps you. It doesn't work for everybody. But the reason I made the show is because I've been there. Like, thinking, uh, pondering... The planning, you know, regretting, reliving, all that stuff, tossing and turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep. I got all those. And for you, it might be different, but here's the thing. Like, I do care. Uh, It's a weird kind of caring, digital caring. uh, And I I really pour my heart and my soul into the show. And like I said, I wish it worked for everybody because you deserve a good night's sleep. Uh, So thanks for coming by. And I really hope I yearn and I strive to help you fall asleep. All right. Let's uh, keep the show going. All right. We're here with another episode of, uh, after the glass, slipper, uh, the tale of, uh, uh, Cinderella's stepmother after Cinderella became like after the whole Cinderella story, <laughs> Cinderella, she did have a Cinderella story like in, in this season three of it, but it's not, it's not, a, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a serial season. It's episodic, uh, And whatever those things that come in a box are that sit up on the top cabinet of your kid's classroom, uh, modular, this series comes in modules. Uh, So if this is your first After the Glass Slipper series, here's what you need to know. This follows it to Agatha, who was originally, well, I guess at some point she wasn't Cinderella's stepmother, but then she became Cinderella's stepmother. Cinderella then moved out. Like, we know all that part. But then Agatha said, well, I still want to be royal. Like, that was a whole deal in the first place. And eventually, through season one, she earned Cinderella's trust. She became part of, like, like, not like on GOT, like the hand of the queen, but close. Uh, And then in season two, Cinderella was out of town working on positive stuff. And Agatha ran the kingdom for her. And I had some challenges, uh, like in uh, the fairy godmother, she, she's been in and out, but the whole fairy kingdom got kind of uh, disrupted, not by technology, not by an app, but, but, you silly gooses, and actually not by silly gooses either. How about a silly goose app? Uh, what would it do? I don't know, but so... Yeah, uh, season three, we find her it, towards the close of season two. She became a, a pit of lentils, and a her, uh, the ultimate act of like a, a, that a heroine makes. I think that they, they, that was part of her heroism. She became a pit of lentils, and I do mean a, like a swimming pool full of lentils with human consciousness. And probably, again, this is we're talking about magic, not technology. So. She's a pit of lentils. She's still a conscious human and wanting to live a full uh, life. She wants to flourish like we all kind of do sometimes. And so uh I think let's see, I think that's about um okay, so so yeah, she's a pit of lentils. Now she's teaching like a cow I don't know if it's college-level class, but it seems like a pretty high-level class with a co-teacher kind of exploring the myths and the the folk folklore of uh the fairy people, because they've had to assimilate into the human town. And, you know, it's not easy. And so they're trying to, like, uh, as a class, uh, explore uh, the folklore of uh, the fairy godparents, uh, you know, because they had children, so there would be fairy godparents. Anyways, you know what you know what I mean. Like, it's uh, like a class. And it's modular, because every class covers, like, a different myth, uh, none of which Agatha or I are familiar with. So you say, hmm interesting uh those myths a bit bit like like half myth half fever dream i mean when i when i'm listening re-listening i'm like what the a clam king eh okay it, like makes sense Lives at the bottom of the sea not in a pineapple uh so that's i guess that's the uh, series and it's a nice it's nice she's a nice woman she learned she's like on her fourth act or whatever uh really learned from her mistakes and trying to uh now embraces a new role she has uh and uh, she really seems to enjoy the myths and we can enjoy them through her and Now is the person that introduces the, the episode I I, wh it's uh the ladies the ladies, the gentlemen is the boys, the girls is the friends beyond the binary east time for another episode, I want to say nuns in space, but it's uh after. The glass uh, slipper. So, my friend, did did you, you want to go to the? Uh, oh, yeah, you want to go we, we, after I record it. You want to like uh, you want to go to a hot pot? You want to go to a hot pot? Well, I think uh, there's. Uh, I would prefer uh, a bar, Korean barbecue. Okay, we'll talk about it. Like uh, we like. Uh, how about you go and bring me back something because I got to record this. But I want to keep company with you, my friend. Antonio Banderas, you want to hang out with me? Oh boy. Okay, uh here's afterglass slipper, everybody. Hello, hello everyone. This is Agatha, your uh, uh letterman. Do you like that when I introduce my he's he's asleep, everyone? I'm in the room with the baby and the letter man who's in his he's his own baby. Now some people are wondering who is this letter man? And why, is he your lover? Uh, I, I think I mentioned that once already. Uh, and I would say he is the man that I love, but he is also a letter. He is not a human. He is a letter man. And off of my classroom, I can move my my lentil, like uh, I can flow into another room in, in a chamber which we share, and we have pumps because I like to go up and view... Th- it's very... We, you know, when you work with magic users, it really, being a pit of lentils is not the pits. Uh, but the letter uh is the man who, who, who won my heart uh, with his sweetness as he lies here next to me sleeping. But he is a man... He is a dashing. Oh, do you know what... Uh, dashing looks like imagine it in a letter where the contents and also the construction are dashing and that is my letterman and I think it's that simple like can you you, there are forms of love that are beyond human understanding and I don't know if that's I, I just understand the letterman as I lie here next to him he sleeps so soundly And the baby's asleep, too. And I like to come in after I know they've gone down for their naps. And I like to tell them about my day. And a little secret here from Agatha to all of you. When you tell people about the day, your day when you're asleep, uh, you know, there is the extra thing of like, oh, uh, could I get some acknowledgement here? But there isn't the pitfall of people that aren't good at that, uh, you say, oh, do you need to be whatever, like, uh, like, whatever, you know, acknowledged for, for your day? Oh, that was a long day, sounds like. You know, you don't have to worry about them saying, well, I wouldn't have do-, you know, why'd you do it that way? Uh, so when you tell them when they're asleep, they're, they're the best listeners. Uh, and when you, when you, when you're here with a well-letter a man and a baby sleeping soundly, I don't know, it's just a pleasure, so I'm going to whisper to all of us. So my day, oh, today was another day with class and with Mrs. Shelley, and it was an interesting day, as all days can be when you're a teacher. And we had a Friedrich and Car- Car- Carm- Carmella, who were going to go over a myth today. And it was another interesting myth. And I say, which of these tales is really how fairy godparents and god of fairy people came to our world? I don't understand it. But then Shelley says, uh, you're trying to overgrasp, uh, you know, let the myth live within you. And I said, this is more like a tale, Shelley, than a myth. Uh, And I don't want a tale living in me. And the children laughed at that one. But I think that was a beautiful turn of phrase that Shelley had. I said, well, I don't know if I—I I, I, I would let it visit me and come in for tea. So let's have a little tea with this myth. It, it And it was one I thought I knew uh, from my childhood. And, oh, it also does not p- p- portray—and Shelley huffed a few times because they said— uh, and i said how long will we live in a world where stepmothers are um... and she said well this myth is probably 1200 years old and i said oh, great i uh, said could could i blame the myths about uh, stepmothers uh, for my behavior and she said just so and i said okay let it, go ahead children so they told a the tale, it was a, it's, it starts out very similar, very, you know, it was a brother and a sister, and I forget their names, we'll just say Gunther and uh, Carrie, I don't, like, I won't even remember that, because I don't remember what the children said the names were, and they, they lived with the father and the mother, and they were all very happy, and they lived, you know, in that picturesque wo- on the edge of the picturesque woods, as so many of these tales do, on the outskirts of a town. And they seemed very happy. I, oh, their last name? And they had a mother, and their name was a nucleus The nucleus. uh That was the name, the last name. Again, I said maybe Gun- Gunther Nuclear and Carrie Nukula but so they lived there and they were all very happy and they lived a normal life. Uh, and then the mother, she, she didn't really announce it so much as just do it. She said, well, I'd like to go live with the, uh, the sprites that, that, that live in within atmosphere and beyond. And she went and did that. And the father and the two children, it wasn't easy because they said, well, we miss our mother. And, uh, but the father tried to give as much love to the two children as he could, and then he also poured himself into his work. Now, he was a cooper, like a barrel maker, and he was so upset at the choice that it made something click in him, and he began to design this new kind of barrel, particularly for the rain, because that was what he blamed for his wife's decision to go live with atmosphery in the atmosphere. And he designed this new barrel with a metal bottom in some way where it wouldn't burn the wood. I don't like some way to excess the heat or something. But you could put the barrel on a fire and heat up the water within the barrel right there instead of pouring it out or anything. And he quickly became, grew to great acclaim, and he could charge almost whatever he wanted for these barrels for a time. And then, like, he built up not a great fortune, but quite a nice fortune. And he, But he was also working and spending time with his children, but he was a bit lonely. And this is where the stepmother comes in. A, a woman, uh, w- you know, in a few towns over heard about this great barrel, and she said, oh, he's seen. And I can see the—this uh, is a myth, remember. This didn't probably really happen. It could have, Shelley said, or it could be possibly based on something. And the stepmother didn't, she was like a very, uh, she was good at keeping him company and she came and she was, she was very, very attractive, uh, and she was very intelligent and she helped him with his barrel business and helped him stay, but, but he said, well, I, you know, I like, I'm not ready. And she said, well, I'll wait till you're ready. Uh, like, uh. And the children and her didn't quite get along because you know they saw her and she said he said the children don't like you, and she said well you know they're having trouble adjusting and so uh, for a while she just waited it out and she was smart and then eventually he grew to enjoy her company so and then she he's and then his barrel business turns out you could just copy him so people were buying his barrels and eventually they took his idea. And they could make it cheaper. But he had already saved much of what he had. So it wasn't a disaster. But then he had more time. And he would just spend his time with her. So he said, okay, let's get married. Like, uh, And she became a stepmother. And she went from being kind of neutral to the children to being, uh, like, tiring of them. And uh, the children did not like her. And they didn't have much to say about it. But then their father caught an allergy, and the the stepmother like he he was restricted to bed bed rest, and he he was always in bed, and the children were always like father father, would you know, and then the stepmother would be like let your father rest blah blah blah, so the children they started like wandering further and further afield. And the children were intelligent because they said, well, Mother, why aren't you doing more to find, cu- using Father's money to find cures for him, uh, and she said, well, I am. So then the children, while well, they didn't have any money, they started traveling, you know, just one or two towns away, and asking, oh, our father has a strange allergy, keeps him in bed, uh, And they would go from alchemists and and like uh, tincture makers and there's other words that are escaping me, but uh, people making up different uh, potions and almost had the word. But uh, And they would try things out and they kept coming up like short and even sometimes the father would feel better for a little while, but then he would like uh, say, well, you know, I've got the sniffles again. Let me go take, take a sleepy poo. And the children did notice, like, how kind people were outside of the house. And they said, well, what if we find a nicer person for father to marry, like a nurse? We could get a nurse, uh, but they couldn't get any money to hire a nurse. Uh, and they said, what? Like, uh, and finally, they went to this one stall, and all the woman had was cool water. And they said, Well the, she said, What is the problem with you two seem down? And they she told they told her her the their tale of woe. And she they she, they said, Do you have anything to and she said, All I have is cool water. By the time you get to your father it'll be warm water, but you could give him some. And they said, Well should you think we should find someone to replace like and she said, Well deep in the woods, uh I've heard of a, a great alchemist that uh, could do a great many things, a legendary, legendary alchemist uh, deep, deep, deep in the woods. And uh, she said, bring your father to this cool water. Uh, it'll be lukewarm, but uh, and maybe try to find that alchemist. And so they returned home, and the father was really under the weather, and they gave him the water. And he was really not feeling well at all in the water. He said, thank you. I love you both very much. Uh, and the stepmother said, well, I, we we need to go into town tomorrow uh, to prepare some things. And the children said, what do you, I don't know what you're doing. Like, uh, and she said, go to your rooms and, you know, do not come out. Uh, and then they listened. And then someone came and it was an official or something, a barrister, and they were talking And it ended up, the the children were smart enough to hear this, that they needed, she needed them, like they were still the heirs to her father's, like, and they needed, it was a very bureaucratic process for her to gain control of the father's money. Uh, If the children, you know, were to grow up uh, in, I guess like the father would don't, he, he didn't, he didn't totally trust the stepmother with his money, I guess. And this is a pitfall, like, uh, go, uh, behaving this way is not easy and not not advisable, these choices people make under pressure. And so then the children, they said, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And so they, they, they said, well, we, the brother said to the sister, we, we should find the, the, the alchemist. And the sister said, tonight... Uh, and she, she, but she, I said maybe, and the sister said, "Well, actually, yeah, it's a great idea because she she won't be able to do anything unless she finds us." And they snuck into the father's room and they kissed him in his forehead and they headed out into the deep forest uh, And they wandered for a long, long time and they got more and more tired and became lost and thirsty. And hungry and tired of walking, so tired of walking, into, you know, through the beautiful woods, you know, seeing deer and seeing leaves and branches and things. And finally, they came upon a cabin when they were really, really at the, with the end of their wits. Uh, and they went in and they searched the cabin and they found, uh, they, they found a, like, that had a well in the back and they filled up a cauldron and there was some wood, and they, they built up a fire, and they, you know, water, got the water. And, you know, just like the father taught them, boiled away the water and, and then drank some water. And they stayed there, you know, with the fire going. They were warm at night, and they searched. They found some a couple, like, uh, things to eat there, but then they found uh, some berries and uh, some roots uh, that they had known about that were good to eat. Uh, but also when they had found the cabin, they found a root cellar and when they opened the door, this was early on, but I skipped over it for some reason. Uh, they opened the roots, root root cellar and the only thing coming up from there was like a bubbling, gurgling sound. And the sister said, it's probably flooded with water. It had a strange musty smell to it. And the brother just didn't like the gurgling sound. So they said, okay, let's just avoid the root cellar. And they closed it back up, um. but then again, they ran short on food and they said, well, like, uh, we got to check the root cellar now because if there's roots, you know, if there's roots or goods down there, we, we'd be uh, fools not to look just because there's gurgling and a bubbling sound. And so they opened the root cellar and at first they were a little nervous. So they creeped there and looked there. And they, 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 they even brought a rope in case it was filled with water. But they, as they went down the stairs uh, they 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 went one step at a time and they realized it was not a root cellar but a, a laboratory a giant uh, underground basement uh and it was a laboratory and there was uh, things gurgling and things bubbling and there was jars of uh, powdered ingredients and ground ingredients there was jars of uh, pickled things and uh, you know diff- different things and they said this is this must be the place where the alchemist lived, uh, and there was a great alchemist furnace, and a great there was beakers, and there was bubbling still going on, uh, uh, like be uh, from the pickling? You'd say, well, bubbling and fermenting. There was things being fermented. Who knows what those were? Maybe they were to for the the alchemist to drink, but there was no sign of the alchemist. And there was also nothing to eat, Uh, so they started looking around. And, uh, you know, they had already been in there a few days, so they said, you know, this, uh, everything looks uh, still functional, but abandoned. They said the alchemists must be gone. And then they found the great table where the alchemists could work, and they looked, you know, because it was very cool, and they were still children. They said, oh, look at this bubbling, and this one twists around through glass, and so they looked at those things and they play you know they even got to playing but then the sister said brother come look at this book here on the table and the brother he, he said what what does it say and the sister who was a better reader said uh, how to make a w y f a wife for her and she opened the book and it, 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 it told the tale of both alchemy and magic uh And she says, uh, maybe the uh, alchemist was lonely, uh, and the boy said, a bit like father, but uh, father found a different kind of alchemy. And then they found another book under under that one, uh, How to Deal with Mother. And they looked in there, and then they also found the alchemist's uh, diary and they kind of wrote, read about how the alchemist was so successful, but he had uh, tr- mother troubles troubles with his mother. And, uh, uh and she also was like, wait, why, why, you know, like wanting to know why he didn't have a wife. Uh, this was his journal entries. I mean, I trying to, they trying to keep it private, uh, but also like, uh, you know, what alchemy, what is that? Uh, the mother would say, why can't you do something with your life? Uh, why did you live out in that cabin? And then the mother started to say, if you're not going to be, be, be married, I will find a wife for you. And, uh, you know, you need to fix your, brush your teeth. He, like he was very like, uh, upset with his mother. And I also think this is the tame version. Like the mother was very, uh, temperamental. And, uh, I guess he, the, the children said like the last few entries were that, uh, he he wasn't able to uh, figure out the final spell to, to to deal with mother, like he was missing ingredients, uh, and uh, he said, "I don't know. I don't think I want it. Like I just want to be. I just want to be an alchemist. Why isn't there a spell for that? Neither one of these uh, fixes my issue uh, for a man that just loves alchemy." And it said it just wasn't good enough for mother, and so the, like he was going to uh, acquiesce. Uh, And so another great was lost to to, from alchemy to traditional uh, family values or whatever. So that was uh, the children didn't understand that, but I I said, "Well, that seems like a great loss." Uh, And just as they were finishing the last entry, they heard the door of the cabin close and like open and close, and it was uh, the the, they heard a voice calling out. and it was the stepmother, and they froze, and they said, she said, children, children, your father needs you, uh, you must come home, are you in here, I've been searching, and I saw your footprints, I, I know, because I knitted, you know, sewed your, your shoes myself, uh, and I see the N and the footprint for nuclear. so, uh, are you in here still, children, children, uh, and the children said, "Okay, uh, w- what should we do?" And they said, "Hurry! Your father wants to see you." So they said, "Oh, father, we- we'll do anything for father." And they came up the stairs from the from the laboratory, and the stepmother said, "Well, what's down there?" And they said, "The root cellar. We were sleep. We've been sleeping down there." Uh, and she believed it because they. She said, "Well," and they said, well, "We're pretty hungry." And she said, well, come home and eat uh, and uh, see your father. He's uh, his, uh, his allergies, uh, double allergies. He's very sneezy as well. So uh, uh, come quickly." And so they went back with the stepmother. And uh, she said to them on the way back, "Too, if you think I'm a fool." Uh, you know, i placed a lock on your door now. Uh, so she said, you know, she said, and tomorrow morning we will head back, uh, uh, you know, and, and we'll head into town and deal with things. I know, I know you're on to me, but I'm on to you. And so they returned home, and the father was sneezy and sniffly, and they helped him, and they kissed him, and you know they they said well this isn't that easy and then the stepmother said go to your rooms uh, tomorrow we'll go into town and deal with the transfer of whatever the, the, the trusty relationship proxy fifty one or eighty two five seven forms or whatever and the children went into the room and they said what are we to do what are we to do with, uh, you know like uh, and they said, well, the sister said, well, there's nothing to help father. And the brother said, well, what about, uh, like, what if we, we, there was a way to deal with those two things? If we, Neither one of those two books worked, How to Make a Wife or How to Deal with Mother. But what if, you know, and he was because this brother and sister, they loved to cook because the father was a cooper. And they were always learning recipes when their mother was teaching them and then changing, well, let's put this in there, you know, changing recipes around. And then the brother said, "And plus he was missing uh, talcum, and we have talcum here. You know, that's what uh, stepmother puts in her hair and on her forehead. And the sister said, oh, have you ever kissed her forehead the taste of talcum? And the sister said, you're right, sir. uh, they also called uh, for the sap of cone of pine, and we have that around our house, uh, and so the brother said, okay, we'll, we'll figure this out, like, uh, and then he called stepmother, stepmother, come, 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 and he said, could I speak with you about my sister, uh, and she said, well, about what, and he said, well, it's private, I'd like to talk to you, uh, and he was making out, she's asleep, you know, come on, let's talk, uh, and, and the stepmother said okay and then the brother said to the stepmother you know it's my sister doing all this i, uh, I i'd rather like what do you want you want me to give you father's things i don't do? will, will you keep us here or will you keep me here and he was playing her obviously he did he loved his sister greatly but he said uh you know i would like to work with you and uh you know, my sister's up to something. I think she's going to uh, when we get into town. Uh, she's going to come with us. Don't worry about tomorrow. She she said, but tomorrow uh, when she gets into town, she might join the, the nunnery or something. And then all well, the said, the, the, hmm. And she, she said, well, we'll have to take a different path because the co- covenant or whatever the convent is uh, on the way, so we'll take a longer road. And the brother said, also, I got to go use the potty, by the way. And she said, go, go ahead, go quickly. And the brother got the talcum. in the sister, meanwhile, like she had, she had prepared, you know, faked out where the brother and the sister would be and then snuck out of the room and unlocked the window from the outside, you know, because it was just a simple bolt. And, uh, you know, snuck back in and got in her bed, under her bed or something. I don't know, like... A, and then the brother returned, and the stepmother locked her, and the brother said, you know, I just feel like I just want to, you know, be, be, be okay. And the stepmother said, that's fine, that's fine, um, good work, just play dumb. And he said, okay, I'm so tired, thank you, stepmother, I just had a tummy ache. Uh, and the stepmother closed the door, and then they waited until they thought she was asleep, and then they snuck out the window and they got the cone of pine, and the brother had taken the talcum from the bathroom. And then they returned and traveled deep into the woods, and it took a few days of travel. Uh, because they had, you know, they got, they got lost a few times, and they were listening for the stepmother the whole time. And hiding out, and eventually they found the alchemist's cabin once again, or the cottage, uh... And they returned to the root cellar and they opened both the books, how to make a wife and how to deal with mother. And they started mixing and, you know, it was, you know, it's very straightforward. These alchemy is like a recipe. So, uh, all of it was, you know, it was just a matter of combining the two and then having things. And, and then they had to make, a like they said, oh, we, we have to have a doll of a grandmother or a wife, uh, and they said, which one? And and, uh, and then they had to wait for a storm. And they had everything wired up. Uh, like, they created a wood doll that looked like a, like a grandmotherly wife. Uh, or a motherly wife. I'm not sure. I, I wasn't there. You know, the children, they they, they were laughing so many times. Uh, and they mixed the powder. And they even had to rub it on themselves. And then the storm came. And... And they waited for the thunder and the lightning and then they were do the chanting, you know wife a wife a wife uh, come deal with mother a wife a wife a wife uh, she's worse than no other and, and but they were changing, you know, stepmother and uh or nurse and nurse and nurse and then they said well, we can't change. and then the thunder came and the rain came. And at some point all the candles went out uh and brother and sister held themselves close, but they, they, they weren't overcome with it. Like, uh, they said, well, okay, uh, and then there was a light at the top of the stairs, a warm, calm light. Uh, I guess I was mixed up. I think they were just trying to get a wife. I, I think I project pre-projected on the story, but then it like, uh, it was a, like a light being thrown off by a lantern, And at first they thought it was the stepmother, so they hid and they froze. And then there was a voice, uh, a kindly voice, "'Oh, children, oh, children, are you down there?' And the brother peeked his head up and he saw a kindly older woman coming down the stairs. And he said, "'Ma'am, are you lost in the storm? Uh, We can help you.' Uh, and, And she said, "'What are you doing down here in this basement?' And the brother said, oh, it's a long tale of, woe, ma'am, but uh, we have water upstairs, warm water. And, and she wasn't wet, though. And the brother said, well, how are you so dry? There's a terrible storm outside. We would, we're would we here to keep you warm. We don't have much food to share. And she said, well, I'm here to help you, you silly gooses. Uh, and the children, they looked, the sister looked, and the wooden owl was gone. And the brother and the sister said, what do you mean? And she said, well, I'm your fairy godmother. I'm here to help deal with your stepmother. And they, they said, well, what do you mean? And she said, you called me here, didn't you? And the sister said, she smells of talcum. It's We added to it." And they said, well, we're sorry. We're like, we were trying to get a wife nurse for our father to replace our stepmother. And she said, well, I could help you with all this, you silly children. And she said, sit down and tell me a tale of woe. I've seen it and I've heard it a thousand times. And they said, okay. uh, Like, uh, they said, well, here's a tale of woe. So they told her the tale of woe. And just as they were finishing, the door of the cabin opened once again. And the stepmother came in and she was quite upset. uh, And she was yelling, and she said, I know you're down here in this root cellar, blah, blah, blah. And the fairy godmother, which we'll call Penelope, uh, I guess a proto, she's not a proto fairy. She's an alchemy fairy. I don't, I don't know what the difference, again, is a folklore. Doesn't make sense to me. But they, could, they, they create, whatever. So she said to them, Well, we'll have to deal with her. She does not sound very nice at all. And the children said, what to do, what to do? And she said, we'll work it out. Uh, she said, I have an idea for starters. She loves money, doesn't she not, as you told me. And she said, a bit of cobweb here and a dust behind the ears, some fancy gold chain and to bring your stepmother far but near or something. And, and she changed the two children into these luxurious coats uh, uh, covered in gold chains and rings and even a crown for the sister. And she said, G- go up there and we will come up with a plan. Uh, and they said, well, what is the plan? She said, tell tell, tell her. Uh, she said, don't worry. She said, tell her you found a way to get even more gold. And so they went up the stairs and the stepmother said, what are you wearing? And then she realized they were covered in riches, and she said, "'Are you stealing from your father?' And they said, "'No, no, 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 stepmother.' And she said, "'Who are you talking to?' And they said, "'No one. We, we were we were pretending we were fancy royals.' Uh, and she said, "'Where do you get all this royal stuff from?' And the brother said, "'I have pockets full of gold coins.' And he showed them to the stepmother, and it was more, it was solid gold coins.' Uh, And her eyes lit up. uh, And she said, Where did you get it from? And the brother said, Well, we found it here. And she said, Is there more? And the brother said, Perhaps. Uh, And she said, Perhaps what? He said, I'll give you this gold if we see our father. And uh, and she said, Well, uh," and she said, What if someone comes? He goes, No one will ever find the gold within the cabin unless sister and I tell. And so she took the gold from him. Uh, he gave her one coin payment, you know, and then they went and saw his father. And then she said, give me the rest of the gold. And the brother said, well, I could spend it, I knew. And then they went to town. And this was like a montage, I would say. They went to clothes shopping. And she started spending the gold, and soon the gold was out. Uh, and the children said, well, well, you're not going to spend any gold on our father, like, uh, this woman sells cool, cool water that would be warm by the time we return it to him, but uh, he likes it. And she said, Pish, posh, pish, the money's gone. Uh, and then this became a cycle where she would, she, and she said, Where do you get the money from? And uh, the brother said, he, he, he said, Well, I could show you, but you have to be a child to, to get it. Uh, And so they went back to the cabin. And meanwhile, the the fairy godmother was feeding the children. And she said, okay, this is the plan. And so so the brother said, come, it's in the root cellar. And so the root cellar, while they were gone, the fairy godmother changed into a root cellar. And the great furnace of the alchemist, she had changed into like a small portal, like a grate in the wall. And the boy said, yes, you must climb through this portal. Now, she had just done it with illusion. And the boy said, only sister and I can fit through there. And, uh, like, we go in, and you go into this, uh, like, uh, down this chamber. And, uh, like, you wiggle, 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 and then you get uh, you get the gold out. And there's uh, some nice clothes in there. And she said, go get me some more gold. And she, she, again, she tried to negotiate with the children and the children said, well, no, no, we just won't get the gold for you. But the stepmother, her wheels started turning. So she stopped. She tried to go through once, but she was too large. So she stopped eating. But meanwhile, the children, they were eating any chance they had. And she wasn't looking. The stepmother or the fairy godmother would bring the children treats and sweets And for a time, there was a little bit of, uh, like, calmness because she would spend the money and the children would be eating. And the the father, like, they see the children said well, when are you going to help our father? And they were making sure the father was aware of this uh, uh, because of this magical globe. the complicated part. Like, the father was a fool anyway. He'd been fooled. But so uh, at some point uh, the children got to one day they went to the cabin, and with the stepmother in tow, and she said we need more gold, uh, and the boy tried to go through and he couldn't fit through the hole, uh, and then the sister tried to get through and she couldn't fit through the hole, and the stepmother she was not pleased, you know. Blah, 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 blah. And she looked in there, and just at the far end, she could see the glint of something uh, deep within the tube. And she said, "No more food for either one of you." And she tried to, to go in, but she was, and then she she stopped eating too. Was further, and then they went back a week later. But meanwhile, the children were secretly eating the whole time, so they didn't lose any weight anyway. And the boy tried, and the sister tried. Uh. And the stepmother mother said, well, I, and then the boy said, well, I just want to go, uh, you know, if, if we won't bring you the gold. And she said, well, then I will go myself. Uh, and she climbed in, you know, to, to go get the gold. And uh, right as she got in there, the boy and sister, they closed the door. And then they said, by the power of alchemy, we are going to change your state uh, and the stepmother was her state was changed uh, permanently, and the children returned to the father. They said thank you to the fairy godmother, uh, and she said, "Well, I like uh, I will go and continue to help other children in need now." Uh, and they said, "Well," she, they said, "Could you help us with our father?" And she said, "Well," she said, "Take some cool, cool water, mix it with some talcum and some um." Uh, sap of pine and he will be fine and then uh, he did that and his allergies she, she said that's what he's allergic to talcum and pine and she said it like it's a tincture and they said that doesn't make any sense and she said well he's also allergic to your stepmother now she's gone and they, they, she said that was just a symbolic thing to get him over the hump uh, but it'll wear off he was really allergic to her talcum and her demeanor and they said, really? And she said, really? And so they returned home, and they they helped the father get back in good shape and good condition. And they lived uh, fairly happily ever after, like a middle-class lifestyle, the nucleus, uh, just the three of them, until the children got older. And then the father did, uh, like, meet, make some friends. But he said, well— uh, And I said, what are we supposed to learn here? Like, we love you. Don't, uh, if your mother doesn't like alchemy and you love it. uh, And we said, so we had a great class discussion about, uh, you know, the wishes. And, and, you know, there's a lot of nasty talk about stepmothers. And I think some of that was passive aggressive and Shelley was behind it. But uh, some of it was the truth. So I could live with the truth. And so it was very enjoyable, and I guess, uh, like, uh, I think that was it, my little letterman and my baby here, Cinderella's baby, my little... Uh, like, we will keep you here with these tails and in the bed here, you know, that I get to lie on in some way, in some sense, you know, ooze on to, to rock you both uh, and keep you both asleep. Good night. Good mm-hmm. night.